Acts 3, and it's 1 to 10. This is NIV version. Um, Peter heals a lame beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of the Lord. So this morning, as um, James has told us, we're carrying on with the sermon series, basically, What's the Church For? And today, we're looking at healing. We'll start with a prayer. Father in heaven, we ask you to speak right into our hearts, to fill our hearts anew with the glory of your gospel and the love that you shower upon each of us. Help us to receive that love and to shower it on to those we meet. Amen. So, what a fabulous passage. It's got a little bit of everything. Bit of tragedy, bit of sadness, bit of happiness, bit of expectation, bit of... Um, disappointment, and at the end of the whole thing, it has an incredibly strong message of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is really about. So have a quick look through this. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. This is relating an actual story that happened because we know they were on their way to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon, very specific. And it's actually very important to know that A man who was lame from birth, a bit later on in the chapter, we find out that he was over 40 years old. So this was a long time he'd been lame. He's being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he's put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So this man comes every day. Perhaps he comes every day at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. He's usually there. Why does he come then? Why do his friends bring him then? Because there are going to be lots of people going in. And they're probably feeling a little bit more pious than usual because they're going in to pray. And they've probably put some money in their pockets because they're going to put it in the temple coffers. And he's hoping to get a little bit of it on the way in. And that's as much as he's expecting that day. When he sees Peter and John goes past, he catches their attention and asks them for money. Peter looks straight at him and so does John. This is quite encouraging. Then Peter says, look at us even more encouraging and the man is probably really really happy now he's expecting something from them and then Peter's words are probably quite crushing silver or gold I do not have and you could imagine that in that moment he's move on move on because there's other people coming and somebody might give me money but Peter goes on to say but what I do have 
I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The man could not possibly have expected that. He probably expected a few coins. Peter takes him by the right hand, helps him up, and instantly, instantly note, the man's feet and ankles become strong. This wasn't a long period of rehabilitation with physio every week and getting a little bit better and gradually doing a little bit further down the garden path on his way to being able to get to the local shops. This man immediately jumps to his feet and begins to walk. Then he goes with them into the temple courts and we're told he's walking and jumping and praising God. So this is total healing. This is not just getting a little bit better or needing less help. And he goes with them into the temple courts when all the people, remember we're at the time of prayer, lots of people coming in, when they see him walking and praising God, they recognize him as the man who used to sit, note, used to sit, begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Well, wouldn't we all be? Wow. So... Why does Luke put this passage in? The apostles, Peter and John, two men who were very close to Christ through his life, are going into the temple. They come across this man. The man is healed. The gospel of Christ is alive in them. They make it very clear. Peter does not say, I heal you. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, just to make sure that the man... And all those who hear know what power is being used to heal this man. It isn't Peter, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who's recently been killed, remember we heard last week, the beginning of the church, starting when the Holy Spirit came upon people. But people will still remember Jesus Christ, who was killed, who rose and has ascended. It's his power continuing on in these men. It's his power that's being used. Christ working through them, Christ still alive and continuing to heal. The Christian church is very young at this point, it's very new. But this healing happens at the time of prayer, when many people are coming into the temple. So what does that mean? It means many people see the healing. Many people see what happens. The authorities in the temple see the healing, see the happening. And no one can deny that this 40-year-old man has been totally healed. They'll go and tell lots of people. I don't know, in our house we have a little tradition when we all get together to eat in the evening. And somebody will suddenly say, best bit of today. And we go around the table and everybody tells you their best bit. And I sort of think on that day, there might have been an awful lot of people who the best bit is seeing this man miraculously healed at the temple. And they will tell other people, who will tell other people, who will tell other people, just like at Pentecost, God makes sure people are there to see his power, his glory, his love falling on people. And Peter has made it very clear that this power is from Jesus. The man trusts Peter demonstrates faith in Peter and the gospel that Peter's preaching and the man's moved to joy and praise literally jumping for joy I love the picture of that I just try and imagine this man going in and he just can't keep his feet on the ground he's jumping for joy that's what's happened to him 
And the people who saw the miracle are filled with wonder and amazement. I know a lot of you walk, and don't you stand sometimes at the top of a peak somewhere and look out and be filled with wonder and amazement at the beauty of what God's created. And these people saw something that filled them with wonder and amazement. And it isn't something they're going to forget in a hurry. God's healing power working through those apostles and that knowledge spreading that Jesus' power is there. It's still here now, these days, for us to channel to those that God shows us. And when we share the gospel with somebody, we share the opportunity for healing with those that we proclaim the gospel to. We're charged, commanded, and encouraged by Jesus himself, if you think about him, is it John 10, 10, where he says, you'll do greater things than me. You'll do the things I've done, but you'll do greater things than me by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we should never think that actually we don't need to. We should be moved, as Peter and John were, with compassion, as we're told so often that Christ was moved by compassion for people and wanted to heal them. That power is available through us, not from us, but through us, for all people. So how do we do this? I'm a bit into instructions, as you probably know. Our first line is to confess so that we cleanse ourselves before God, to repent of the things that, that we shouldn't have done and offer ourselves anew to God. There's, um, I meant to write it down and I didn't, so I hope I remember it properly. In one of the post-communion prayers, it says we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to go out in the power of the Spirit to live and work to God's praise and glory. And that is what Peter and John were very definitely doing, taking the power of the Holy Spirit, the healing power of Christ with them, wherever they went. So we might do something like keep a list of the people we're praying for and pray for them each day. One of the things I like to do is to ask God to give me a Bible verse for each person and to pray that Bible verse for them each day so that they're covered by the love of God. When I was much younger, the very first time that I read Revelation and I came to chapter 5, verse 8, where it talks about the prayers of the saints being in golden bowls, being incense in golden bowls. Your prayers are kept. They are collected and kept and become incense in heaven. What a wonderful thought. Not one prayer that you utter is ever wasted or lost or futile. It's kept, it's beautiful, it's special, it's wanted in heaven. Please keep praying. And you don't have to pray brilliant, wonderful things that are full of big words and marvelous grammar. God heal my mum is perfectly acceptable. That is a perfectly sound, good prayer. Don't worry that what you do isn't good enough because nobody's asking you to do it. They're asking you to be open to God working through you. And I'd like to imagine the whole world, the whole church, throughout the world, praying for those they love, for those in their towns, for those in their countries, for those right around the world. Can you imagine the power when we all pray? How many more gold bowls will be filled? So I think our church on earth is commanded 
and delight to be an agent of healing. Amen. We're going to move into a time of prayer, thinking about, hopefully, that I've said something that you can take away with you in terms of prayer. First, just take a few moments quietly to ask God for guidance about anyone he would like you to be praying for. You might want to offer yourself to God and say, use me for healing. But just have a few moments to open yourself to God and be ready to pray on behalf of the rest of the world.